the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This morning, and was so excited to talk about the tale of two worlds in a mafia Marxist society and the way in which the children of and the favoritists of the oligarchs in charge of the corrupt governments throughout history across the world have two sets of rules, both taxes and problems, and we're going to get to that. But when I walked in the studio, the young, lovely Misty Callahan had all of the stories of the mass shooting as it is characterized on CNN and is characterized on WGN, and which I find ironic. WGN has the audacity to call a, a shooting of eight people a mass shooting when they are a media outlet in a war zone called Chicago, where that is considered literally a Tuesday. So I'm going to read to you what I think is an important story, because I think the people in Chicago are just as important as the people who work at the San Jose Valley Transport Authority. I understand they're government workers. Nonetheless, I think these unnamed masses that are shot on a daily basis in the sewer of Chicago are equally as important. So yesterday in Chicago, just going to midnight, we had eight shot, two killed. Early this morning, we had four teenagers shot. They're not on that list. Yet here... uh, Across media outlets from sea to shining sea, it is a mass shooting when San Jose Valley Transport Authority has dis- has uh, lost eight people, including the gunman, so seven, and then one moron, and others are shot. And I think that's a tragedy as well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making light of the shooting in San Jose. Not at all. I am just saying the reason that we're getting this different attention is twofold. This mass shooting will be used... To take your guns away and to 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 put an onerous um, hurdle on people who want to buy guns. This is your fault because you like to have weapons um, and you believe in the Second Amendment and you believe that the citizens should be as armed as the government. And so this is going to be used against people who want to own guns, whereas what happens in Chicago cannot be used because that is the most stringent gun laws in the country and it doesn't work. It has created a black market. It is where gangs and violence go to thrive um, with very little repercussion. And uh, they don't want to talk about what is considered a mass shooting in San Jose and a Tuesday in Chicago. I find it to be nauseating. And I'm on to you, scam artists, Marxists, propagandists, and the rest of the mafia that wants to rule over cities simply to rob Rob the people, steal the money, line your pockets, and gain strength among men that you were never intended to have. But don't get me wrong. 
This is a tragedy in San Jose, and it's a tragedy in Chicago. And every Monday morning, the people in charge from their, their pretend police commissioners in their little costume, like Commissioner Gordon and Batman, who was probably twice as effective at, at, at managing a police department than these idiots they stick in Chicago, or the one, the little mayor who... Uh, wants to let you know that the only reason she's in there is because she's a lesbian, a woman, a female, and she dresses like Geppetto. I think they should come out every Monday and do what they're doing right now in San Jose, California. Can you make it so I could hit the button, Sexy? Thank you. I don't know why I can't hit her. All right, right, we're going to work on this as we effort to do this. Um, The reality is in Chicago, this has become the norm. And this is not normal on any circumstances, and the fact that you're used to it is similar to a battered housewife who thinks a good day is when her husband doesn't punch her in the face. That's what it's like to live in these ghettos run by Democrats. But every Monday, I want to have one of these so-called officials come out and do exactly what's happening in San Jose. My name is Sam Licardo. I'm the mayor of the city of San Jose, and I also serve on the VTA board with Chairman Hendricks. This is a horrific day for our city. He's right. And it's a tragic day for the VTA family. Mm-hmm. And our heart pains for the families and the co-workers. Because we know that so many are feeling deeply this loss of their loved ones and their friends. Now is a moment for us to collect ourselves, to understand what happened, to mourn, and to help those who have suffered to heal. That will be my attention today and for the foreseeable future. And I do not question his sincerity whatsoever. I want to know why we don't have politicians in the sewer of Chicago that are that sincere. And why they don't have that speech every damn morning. When a Tuesday, when eight people get shot, two are dead. In the morning, four teenagers are shot. And it's considered because the weather's warming up. You see the difference in standards? And there's the other caveat to this situation. Right now, there are political whores all over this country that are waiting to, for the right time to pivot and use this tragedy of this mental morphodite who wanted to kill his former co-workers or whatever the hell was wrong with him if his mommy and daddy didn't love him enough, whatever excuse they're going to use, to be used against law-abiding citizens in this country. People like me, people like me, who think, well, in this time of a collapsing society, when the politicians in charge have decided that the real problem with society is the police as they work to weaken them at every turn, I'm not going to wait around, and I never did wait around, For the police to show up. I'm protecting me and mine forever and always. And I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to do it stacked and packed. And I am not going to wait for a politician to tell me it's okay. Because I don't have to. Because in this country, I have an unalienable right. It's even, they even wrote that one down. That's how important they thought that was. But what we have is a concerted effort by agenda-driven fascists, both flaccid and, uh, and capable, to make sure that people like me cannot, cannot exercise my right to defend myself and my family. So this particular San Jose incident can be used as a weapon against me. 
and against you and against the citizens to arm and protect themselves. So that's why it's on CNN and Chicago's a blurb. That's the real reason. And then today, during the hearings, probably simultaneous with this tragedy going on, Biden's pick to be in charge of alcohol, tobacco, and firearms has been exposed as not just a fascist. We'll decide if he's flaccid or not afterwards. But he has been exposed as a fascist who has an agenda, who is being put in charge of alcohol, tobacco, and firearms because he doesn't like guns. That's what's happening in the Biden fascistic administration run by the diaper wearer and all of the little Marxists behind him. And Ted Cruz pulled it out of him and it wasn't too hard. Mr. Chipman, a minute ago, uh, Senator Whitehouse asked you if any of your views on guns are out of step with the majority of the American people. Um, they are they are 15 is one of, if not the most popular rifle in America. It's not a machine gun. It's a rifle. And by the way, can I say, I mean, there's a lot of hope with the AR. Everybody likes the AR-15. I prefer the Kalashnikov, which as it was advertised in the Soviet Union, so easy a child can use it. I like wood. Uh, your public position is that you want to ban AR-15s. Is that correct? Senator, uh, thank you for the question. And. Thank you for our visit yesterday Stop and kissing up. Me Dr. Pepper. It oh. made me reminisce about my time in Central Texas. But now to your uh, question. Uh, with respect to the AR-15, uh, I support uh, a, a ban as, um, as has been presented um, in uh, a Senate bill uh, and supported by the president. Um, the AR-15 is a gun I was issued on ATF's SWAT team, and it's a particularly lethal weapon. Um, and regulating it as other particularly lethal weapons um, I have advocated for. Um, as ATF director, if I'm confirmed, I would simply enforce the laws on the books. And right now, um, there is no such uh, ban on those guns. Right so now, you want to ban the most popular rifle in America. And he's going to ban it. And as long as there's a Mitt Romney and a Murkowski on the Republican ticket, he's going to walk in there easy like Sunday morning. Because what we understand is that there are no standards to uh, to prevent the flaccid fascist and his merry band of Marxists to get everybody they want in these positions, these bureaucracies, to make sure that they can undermine the very Constitution they're sworn to uphold. I love the irony, except I'm a victim of it. So I don't get too excited about it because the reality is we have a broken system. We have America that has been lured into giving away its principles, its standards, and its philosophy. So now we are just subjected to these ideological Marxists who are going to guarantee that they erode our freedoms and our unalienable rights, and they are going to use everything against us that they can, including this moron who went in and shot all of the people that he worked with because someone didn't go out to lunch with him or whatever the hell reason they're going to come up with. In the meantime, over the sewers that they actually govern, the mayhem, the destruction, the bankruptcy, the corruption, and the absolute killing fields that they create will go with very little attention unless it gets 55 on a weekend, and then it'll get mentioned because it's this 8 on a Tuesday is buried away on page 7 of one of the papers that you could fit in a matchbox. That's just the reality of what it's like when the merry Marxists are in charge because it isn't about the reality of their failures it's about the idea that you can circumvent them. It's the idea that you can stand up against them and demand for righteousness, demand for them to do what they say they're going to do and make the other citizens safe. 
But that doesn't fit their agenda. This crackpot, this scumbag who killed his co-workers and shot several other, that fits right in the agenda. So by the time this is over, he will have been a Trump supporter who voted Republican his entire life. And by the way, he represents everybody who isn't all in with the Marxist mafia. You mark my words. That's where this is going. The table is set. Let's see how long it takes to get there. 312-642-5600. How long do you think it'll take before the head of the ATF and the Biden administration outlaws any idea of a Second Amendment or your right to have a gun? That's going to be the question. We'll take your calls and comments when I get back. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Yeah, let that one breathe. You cannot live in this country and be unaware that the bureaucracy is the foot soldier to tyrants. These agencies have proven themselves over the last 150 years specifically to be nothing more than foot soldiers to government. They're not interested in protecting the ideas of what America is or looking after citizens or giving citizens the opportunity to have equal treatment before the law. What they're interested in doing is implementing their force at every chance they get against citizens. That's why it was really an eye-opening experience. I kind of knew... You know, you got to remember when you hear the song, I'm from Mulrose Park, where um, the FBI is known as forever bothering Italians. And we understood that they were pretty much bureaucracies, pretty much they were um, kicking in doors of, of, of neighborhoods they didn't agree with. And they allowed the Irish mafia to thrive in the city of Chicago. They were not interested in the corruption of the Mike Madigan mafia or the rest of the Irish mobsters there. What they were interested in doing is going out and enforcing their pick-and-choose laws and their statutes against people that uh, they disagreed with. So I, I, I have had very little, um, what's the word, respect for bureaucracies ever since then. I also am very aware of uh, the way in which the IRS picks and chooses who it doesn't like against who it, who it does like. For instance, what we're seeing now with Hunter Biden is just something that we're made aware of. This existed for 100 years. All right? That's why the Kennedys never had a problem with the IRS. They never have an issue with them. That's why the Pritzkers, if you ever read the Panama Papers and you look at those names of the American oligarchs that have managed to circumvent very onerous taxation that has bankrupted families across this country forever, you understand that there are those of us that abide and are victims of this kind of bureaucracy and those that are friendly with those bureaucracies and remain um, void of any consequences from their actions. So that's how I view all government agencies. The ATF is particularly interesting to me. Because I used to, I've always, and most of you know, I, I've been smoking cigars since I was 11 years old. I love them. Always love them. I've been around the cigar world my whole life. It was just a year ago, one year ago, that a cigar store in Chicago, I'm not going to embarrass the guy who owns it because I like him, was allegedly thought to have been selling Cuban cigars. In the middle of the day, in downtown Chicago, ATF went in there like they were breaking into El Chapo. The guy... Couldn't fight his way out of a wet paper bag. He wears silly glasses. He's about 140 pounds. They take him in the handcuffs. They take him down like he was an illegitimate drug dealer. And by the way, he wasn't selling them. He was accused of it by a competition or some disgruntled employee. So the ATF to me is, is, is confused. But then again, I believe those are the ones that orchestrated the Barack Obama idea of Fast and Furious. And uh, we all know how that turned out. And yet there were no consequences or repercussions for the, what, tens, if not hundreds of people that were killed with guns. The American government sold cartels. So I don't really have a lot of respect for them. 
alcohol, tobacco, and fire. Are they going to throw in this new marijuana craze that the state of Illinois is banking on to pay off debt that it borrowed from very inside guys to the people who are now in charge? I'm wondering, what exactly is their parameters? What exactly is their purpose? And what are their results? And boy, do they get to keep those cars and all that stuff? That they t- I can't figure out how it works. But I don't have a lot of respect for them. So when they put the guy in charge of uh, ATF and you realize he's nothing more than a political apparatchik who has an agenda to disarm the citizens of the United States. You know, the country that was founded on not just the First Amendment, but the Second that was really founded by a bunch of anarchists that didn't want to be abused by a fat pig British queen calling himself the king. That one. That country that guarantees we are to be as armed as our military because one thing's for sure throughout history, it seems to be that the government often deploys its military against its citizens. Hmm. So let's make sure that we get this guy in charge. And Tom Cotton had a chance to question him as well. Uh, Mr. Chipman, you testified to Senator Lee that it's a serious felony to lie on a background check application. I agree. Uh, the ATF form 4473 asks, are you an unlawful user of or addicted to any drug or uncontrolled substance? If an applicant checks yes, they cannot purchase a firearm. On March 25th, Politico reported that Hunter Biden, President Biden's son, applied for a handgun that was later thrown in the trash and had to be recovered by Secret Service agents in 2018. Politico reported that Hunter Biden completed this background check and answered no to the question of whether he was an unlawful user of or addicted to any drug. A little crack on the weekends. Hunter Biden has since published a book and gone on a nationwide book tour, conducting numerous interviews, stating that he was, in fact, very much addicted to drugs at the same time that he purchased this firearm. This would mean that by his own admission, Hunter Biden lied on that form and by your earlier testimony, committed a serious felony. Should Hunter Biden be prosecuted for breaking this law? Senator, uh, thank you for your question. Um, If I'm confirmed as ATF director, it will be my responsibility to enforce all federal laws without political favor. Um, I do not know any factors um, uh, in this particular case, but I am familiar uh, with the press account of it. Yeah, that's that's political speech for I kissed Durbin to get into this spot and I'll kiss as much Durbin as I have to to stay in the spot. So don't worry about the leader's child, because just like Fidel Castro and his daughter, or Hugo Chavez and his daughter and son, and just like Maduro and his family, they don't follow rules. They are exempt from rules, just like they are taxes and other things. So don't worry. That rule stuff is just for the morons out there who are not on the inside track like 99% of the people. David in Logan Square. Hey, John. How are you, David? Hey, buddy. How you doing? So, hey, uh, that correction you got going with uh, Biden, I mean, Biden's administration and the uh, Second Amendment. Yeah. The biggest thing is that the Second Amendment protects me and you and the others from uh, the government itself. And I think with San Jose, the guy that did a little chewing spree over there, mm-hmm. I guess when it comes down to protecting ourselves, they got to start kind of not going after the guns and let's go after the persons are going to help with that, you know. David, then they would have to do something, and uh, and one of the things they'd have to do is expose many relationships to very well-known criminals and leaders of these so-called cartels. So thank you, David, for the call. And by the way, what you're speaking of is called constitutional carry, and there are 20 states in this country that require you to have zero license. Zero. You don't need a FOIT card. You don't need a concealed carry, because what they understand is you, like the founders believed, have a right to defend yourself. 
always and forever, and you have a right to bear arms, knowing that the people that are coming for you, they're not coming with crackers. They're coming to harm you. The people who need this, this law, this amendment, and this rule the most are the people who are unable to defend themselves, such as the women and the children and the weak against the people who are there to be predators like we see in Chicago day in and day out. I only hope that during this last dialogue, five people weren't shot because it doesn't matter. It's never going to be called a mass shooting. 312-642-5600. Obviously, the Cortez leave behind. Um, I remember reading a while ago. And it was in the Brookings Institute because I just looked it up. I thought it said 22 million people. It's actually 24 million people. 15% of the workforce works specifically for the federal government. When you factor in municipalities and states and yada, 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 let alone contracts, it's an incredible amount of the workforce. In fact, there's not enough taxpayers to pay just for that, let alone all this other nonsense. But aside from that, what do you think? there's, There are people, 24 million actual people. That's all the government is. They're just people. I know we think they're not, and they're detached, but they're people who think about politics the way we do. They're just on the, on the Marxist side. They're just on the collectivist side. They're just on the big government, small citizen. By the way, they don't want to be our slave. That's for damn sure. And they're going to manipulate everything they can to, be, to make sure that they are the boss and you are the slave. That's why I've always argued against government bureaucracies and government hiring. It was even before we understood the outrageousness of what Peter Strzok, the FBI guy, did with that uh, mistress he had who could eat an apple through a fence. What the hell's her name? Paige. Lisa Page. And uh, by the way, he stayed married. That had to be a hell of an uncomfortable time. I think his wife just got a big appointment in the Biden administration, and he went on to go do news, right? So the reality is in these bureaucracies, when you hire one of these idiots, and I call them idiots because I think anybody who's a Marxist is an idiot. The only thing worse than them are the people that are not Marxist but vote for them. Those are just called morons. And uh, when they get these jobs, what do you think happens to them? You think on the day that Joe Biden is no longer the president one way or the next, do you think that on that day he goes away? Or has he built an alliance? Has he become entrenched? And does he even lose his job? Or does he just step aside and then the Republican or whoever wins gets their guy? And in the meantime, the people have been overthrown from the bureaucracies they finance. So when I hear this, it makes my blood boil. I'm sorry, it just does. Well, my understanding is the statute of limitation is only five years and that this happened in 2018. Mr. Biden is obligated to keep a record of that form for up to five years himself. So this should be a fairly easy case to investigate. Can I get your commitment that if you are confirmed, you will, in fact, look into this matter and refer it for prosecution if you find that Hunter Biden violated the law? Uh, Senator, um, what I will assure you is that if ATF director, um, I will ensure that all violations of law are investigated and referred. Um, I'm not sure that it has not been investigated. Well, I hope it has. And if the facts <laughs> no. are clear cut, <laughs> yeah, uh, as they- it's been investigated and Hunter Biden's in a heap of trouble. He's in a lot of hot water. I mean, you have to laugh. It is so pathetic. It is so shameful. And to think all that happened one night, just an election, just to count and look at where things are today. 312-642-5600. I got two lines open. Let's go to the lines. I got John in Libertyville. How are you, John? 
Good, good. Uh, good to talk to you and great show. Thanks. And I'd like to remind the public of what a great job the ATF did under Eric Holder when they had the Fast and Furious or they had another. Uh, yeah, except for that girl that got shot. Let, let, him, let him walk. Yeah. How let him walk. And the girl that got shot in California, remember with her dad, it was one of the weapons that she was killed with. Oh, yeah, by, by a federal agent who left his gun in the car. The other thing is Google up. Lost and missing weapons of the FBI and computers with sensitive government records on there. They hid this for years and years, and they, they would retire, quit, get fired, keep their Heckler and Clock MP5 machine guns, keep their SIG 226s, keep their Remington 870 shotguns, and then, you know, that was it. Just keep it, guys, you know. Well, and then finally, a uh, congressman from Iowa had a, a little uh, investigation, but nothing really happened. Maybe we and should that's call a wonderful ATF and, and, and FBI. Hey, John, I got an idea. Maybe we should call a commission. You know, like the one they're doing for the weaponless insurrection. We need maybe we need a commission so these idiots can pretend that to be important as they stay in Caligula and can't wait for lunch with the girl that helps them out. Thank you, John, for the call. I appreciate it very much. I do have time for one more, Henry. Henry on the South Side. How are you, Henry? Good. How are you doing today? Good, buddy. Enjoy your show, and, and I'm happy you're there. Thank you, Henry. Uh, my, my, I guess it's not a question. It got to the question is you talk, to, you know, you never hear, you always hear about when the, what happened today and what's happened before with all these mass shootings. It's terrible. There's no question about it. I don't know how the families get through that. I really don't. No, me either. That's why I take it very seriously when I talk about Chicago. You know, I I told a story, uh, Henry, a couple of weeks ago. A kid I know since he's 10 years old was killed. His his mother, I I kept her in the apartment for 11 years, never raised her around. I I love the kid. I used to hand him a cigar. He's a little boy. He got killed and there wasn't even a peep about it. Nothing, because he was mixed up in the Chicago area. And it just, it's just tragic. And I see that, you know, I I talked to this woman. I heard her heart broken. It's, It's amazing to me that it goes without any real real notice or any real attention but go ahead well you know and, and it is a shame it's it's a terrible thing that's happening but one of the things that they never bring up okay i don't know how many people are killed with ar-15s every year thousand maybe maybe not okay but how many people are killed by drunk drivers they go these these drunk drivers go in and out of court back and forth yeah okay? thousands upon thousands 20 30,000 people a year are killed by drunk drivers there's fourteen or fifteen hundred young freshmen that go away to college that die, that die from uh, alcohol poisoning every year. I mean, Henry, Henry things are perspective. It all needs to be addressed. You're absolutely right, and Henry, that's why when you see Uber and Lyft being attacked by government, when you see them have to increase their costs and have to make it so that only a select few could take it, you understand that these organizations that existed such as MAD and other ones, and I'm, I'm not being specific on all of them, but the reality is they should be championing the existence of Lyft and Uber because since their inception, that, that has actually not gotten as bad as it was prior to their existence because the drunks say, I'll pay $8 to take my car home, I'll leave it. So that was an incredibly good thing. Yet what have you seen over the last two years is these very businesses that popped up out of a need and provided a service, they're being attacked by the federal government to make sure they're not as abundant as they could be. So that goes to show you what they think of the victims of the people who are killed by junk driving. And on top of that, cafe standards, which if you look through the last 30 years at the accidents per kill per capita, it's be directly tied to cafe standards and you being in these little tin boxes that guys from my old neighborhood could flip over like coins. So 
Don't think for a minute that they care about the reality of, of, of exactly what's best for the people. They care about what's best for the government. And that's why they do this with, without uh, any real thought about the consequences. I appreciate it, Henry, very much. Thank you. All right, I'll take the rest of your calls. We're going to take a quick break. 312-642-5600. If you want to get on the line, now's the time to do it. In the color of money, Tom Cruise. I'll tell you what, I like everything that guy. I know, I know, I know. He's a little weird. He's a lot weird. All right, very good. He's a lot weird. Um, But a uh, hell of an actor. And that, that movie brings me back. Remember Paul Newman? That's some good stuff. Got to remember that one for the Friday. Don't let me forget that. Um, The bureaucracy. I'm, I, I'm here in the studio and they got CNN on. And once again, it's Trump. Trump and the CFO of Trump and they're going to get Trump on tax evasion. That's what they're going after him for. And he hasn't really run. I mean, the sad part is he's going to have to admit he hasn't run the company in quite a while and that um, he's had accountants do it and they're going to get Trump and CNN's all excited, but they don't have to go far. They don't have to go far to get somebody in a, with a big name for tax evasion. And they've got the bureaucrats to do it. Right. I mean, you just heard Hunter Biden and the gun and he lied and the guy for the ATF and he's not going to do anything. And we all know that it's, you know Trump was a was love him or hate him. He was actually in the real estate game, in the billion dollar real estate game. And listen, I'm very, very well aware of his career. I know all about the New York and the cement, the Trump Tower. You name it. I could I could come up with it. And, yeah, the father gave him 17000 rentals and. You know, was he a master at leverage? He absolutely was in leveraging governments to give him uh, tax abatements on property. That's all negotiation. Trump actually was in the real estate game. What exactly were the Bidens in? Okay, you're watching the Fox Business Network. We're coming into the bottom of the hour. Let's welcome back to the show former federal prosecutor Brett Tolman. Okay, now we have Representative Devin Nunes. By the way, it's great to see you again, Brett. I never got the hang of that. So we've got Devin Nunes. It's good to see you. Devin Nunes is a ranking Republican on House Intelligence. He blasted the media for, quote, utter corruption and not reporting on Hunter Biden's multiple hundreds of mysterious trips through Joint Base Andrews to make millions of dollars overseas in these business dealings with Russia and China that we really don't know the full extent of it. So what's going on with the media here? Hundreds of trips. Yeah, you know, it dawns on me. Think about what would have happened if the media really dug into this issue. If we had, if we had a, a, a media that was interested in investigating and holding individuals uh, accountable, I could see, I could envision that the IRS starts to ask questions about what, were these personal or business trips. Uh, that- now that's the same IRS that Joe Biden just. I guess he executive ordered enough money where he's going to double the agents. I'm sure he's going to get a lot of Republicans in it. Same IRS, same investigation under the same guise of tax evasion that CNN and Wolf Blitzer, he almost feels like he's 70. He's so excited. This is the same thing. Yet it's sitting right in front of them. They don't have to go far. What the hell would you take Air Force to hundreds of times? What exactly is your specialty? Aside from a connoisseur of crack, he loves the way it tickles his nose. 
were benefiting him personally because when you use Air Force One or Air Force Two, which I've been on, they have to have a dis, you know a distinct government purpose, and there has to be it has to be documented. I'd like to know all those details, and I'd like to know why the IRS isn't looking into who should be paying the bill for that tax benefit. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because there is a Justice Department probe into Hunter Biden over potential involving alleged tax evasion. We don't know who it involves. But if you if you get private benefit off of government assets, then you have to report your, that as income on your tax return. Who do you think is going to get audited first, me or Hunter Biden? I'm curious. Which one do you think is going to have a bigger problem with the bureaucrats at the IRS? You know, top Republican Senator Joni Ernst now demanding answers. We, had author, we have author Alex Marlowe of Breitbart News in his new book showing heavy use of Joint Andrews Air Force Base. We have reported on 411 trips multiple countries. We're looking at 29 foreign countries, 23 trips through Joint Base Andrews. That's boy, home of boy. Air Force One and Air Force Two. So this is when the, he, Joe Biden was vice president, 2009, 2014. So where was the wall between Biden and his son here. Yeah, I mean, the wall is, is important. We were told that they were following protocols, doing things the right way. The wall is the media. The wall is the bureaucracy that would investigate it had they had an agenda of true equality before the law. But they don't. They are both the foot soldiers of the tyrants, the foot soldiers of the Marxists, and they have an agenda and that agenda is to let their corruption thrive and to let your opportunities die on the vine and hung up in red tape and bureaucracies. They're more willing to investigate guys who donated to the to the Republican Party or Trump specifically. That's who's going to be investigated over the next four years, not these oligarchs and their kids. And it's exactly similar to Fidel Castro's daughter, to Hugo Chavez's son and daughter, to Maduro's daughter. It's the same thing, just like Rootin' Tootin' Putin. Rootin' Tootin' Putin's got a daughter. Boy, oh boy, that lucky son of a gun that married her. Whew. I mean, would it even matter if she looked like Outwardly, Dr. Outwardly, dry heave? Wouldn't even matter. Father could buy and sell Bezos like a stick of juicy fruit. And the reality is, she's above the law, too, just like Hunter Biden. We certainly know that's not the case. We've seen it over and over now. Liz, what, what really bothers me, though, is it, we're just a few months from hearing about, you know, the Russia investigation, Russia collusion and all kinds of other. Yeah. Putin's going to meet Biden to thank him. Russia collusion. The greatest thing that ever happened to Russia is Joe Biden diapers. 312-642-5600. streets of melrose park to the trading floor of the merc he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned and now with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in america he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the declaration of independence in the other he's sean thompson and this is the sean thompson show Listen to my show. You know I have uh, very little respect for mainstream media. However, I have great respect for select websites out there. The Washington Examiner is one of those sites. And one of the reporters, Anna Geratelli, she is the Washington Examiner reporter who handles Homeland Security, U.S. border, 
policies related to cyber security, immigration and transportation. And by the sound of her name, I've either been drunk with one of her relatives or punched in the face by one. Anna, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Sean. Yep, it's a strong Italian last name. That's exactly right. I grew up in an Italian neighborhood named (laughs) Sean Thompson. You can imagine the fun I had. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So I was reading your your article in the Washington Examiner, and I have to tell you, when this story broke, I remember explicitly thinking to myself, boy, oh boy, I wonder how many of these hotels are going to trace back to ownership by the Democrat Party, as the Biden administration had an $87 million contract to house immigrants in hotels. And um, it looks like it's being investigated. Is that right? It is, yeah. It's been a long journey. Um, so I broke the story about seven weeks ago, that uh, there was a non-compete federal contract. So they didn't solicit bids from companies saying, hey, what's the best you can do? They went with a company who the largest contract they've ever had before was for $1.5 million, and it was not to house uh, people in detention. Uh, this was a $87 million contract to house 1,200 people at a time who had just come across the southern border uh, families, migrant families, in seven hotels in Texas and Arizona from April through September. And uh, a few weeks later, we found out that the same group was awarded a $530 million contract to house unaccompanied migrant children. And so the question with all of this, so there's there's certain conflicts of interest, right? Like, you know, are, are you capable of doing what we're uh we're asking you to do, given that you've never done anything similar before. The official who at this organization, it's called Endeavors, based out of San Antonio, Texas, uh, he served on the Biden-Harris transition team. Shocker. And he selected who at Homeland Security and the Department of Health and Human Services would be uh, Biden's special political appointees. And then two months later, turned around those organizations, those departments, gave him over $600 million in contracts. And so there's a lot that needs to be, uh, you know, questions that we have. And just this week, what you were saying, uh, the Department of Homeland Security's very own Inspector General has launched an investigation uh, into all this. And it's a huge honor as a reporter to uh, to have this, you know, someone someone's doing my work for me now, right? But, but really just figuring out everything that we wanted to know. Anna, I am more comfortable when you do the work, because the idea that these bureaucracies that are inhabited by political animals, most of whom have gotten to the position because they kiss the right derriere, I'm telling you, I do not trust the government to, to investigate itself, because the reality is this should have been a story that didn't exist. This is the kind of thing that if the government was capable in auditing itself or watching itself would never have happened. This is blatant. This is outrageous, and this is prima facie evidence of absolute and total corruption. Well, the, the good news is, I mean, we have to see all the facts come in, right? It certainly doesn't look good. Um, but that's, you know, we've given a lot of chances to the organization, to DHS, to HHS to answer. Um, and I think the more attention it gets, the, the more they're going to have to answer. But the uh, within every federal department is a separate uh, inspector general office. And, you know, everything, yeah, it does come down to politics, but they are very, they're the ones who are going to write the scathing reports. We've seen them time and time again uh, when Trump was in office, when Obama was in office, or even with Biden in office. Um, 
And then the separate from that is the Government Accountability Office. The government has its very own accountability office. That's kind of funny, um, though. Come on, Anna, are you trying to make me laugh? I mean, I know the it's... The first you know, time I walked by it as an intern 11 years ago in D.C., I thought it was a joke. Um, <laughs> but they they will not hold back. So once you get the Inspector General involved now, um, it really does... It's not like a congressional committee holding an investigation. That doesn't carry a ton of weight. Uh, this now, there's going to be some, um, you know, we're certainly going to, I think more is going to come out. I'm certainly going to be reporting more this week, uh, more stuff that I'm learning about the contract and how it came about. So I will be sure to keep you posted, Sean. Well, Anna, you know, here's the other thing. If we had 60 less IQ points and thought Karl Marx was really onto something and there was this um, communist utopia that existed somewhere out there and um, this was Donald Trump would the major media outlets be broadcasting this? Because I read this story. It was actually done on May 24th, which is two days ago. And yet CNN has uh, Trump and an indictment on its headline with Wolf Blitzer and his fake beard. I'm wondering, has anybody in the mainstream media picked up your story? You know, I do see other reporters from you know, all the reporters who cover my beat. I, I greatly respect even my peers at CNN and other outlets. Um, it's just everybody has a different audience, and it comes at the direction of what they want to focus on. I haven't seen – I know Reuters was asking about it in the press call a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so I think we're all trying to dig into it. There's not a lot of answers or transparency for that matter. I haven't been allowed into a Border Patrol or uh, Health and Human Services facility to see how people are being held since January. So. But yet there was all the rage a few months ago, the cages, the cages, the cages. And it turns out even with these cushy contracts, even with the $500 million, they still got the cages. And in fact, um, Republicans tell Harris to bring the bring border lawmakers on a Central American trip. What exactly is going on? Why does she refuse to go down to the border? And is the strategy what it appears to be to me is just pay off um, corrupt socialist countries in South America and hope that all things end well, knowing that they won't? No, I think the Biden administration really is focused on dealing with the root causes, right? We keep the Trump administration focused on let's fix the bulb. We're going to detain people as a deterrent, and then they're going to stop coming. It'd be like cutting off the tops of flowers, and then but it keeps growing. So you have to keep detaining people and stuff. So the Biden administration is more focused on let's deal with the severe poverty um, severe crime, major issues back in these home countries so that people don't feel they have to flee as their only hope. Um, it's been attempted before to lesser degrees, and the issue with this approach is that it's not a quick one. Uh, one of the former U.S. border officials under Trump, who's a career official, he really focused on this, um, but he was cut out of the Trump administration by President Trump. So he did not get to uh, see the end of, of his efforts. Um, now, what it was uh, Congresswoman Yvette Harrell in New Mexico, her border, her district, congressional district, runs up along the entire New Mexico border with Mexico. Uh, she had invited the, the vice president to her district this week. The vice president is scheduled to go down to Central America next week and uh, try to build some rapport with Guatemalan and Mexican officials um, to, to do more to uh, whether that be the military or federal police to prevent migrants from traveling through these countries to the U.S. southern border. Um, but she's saying that the vice president's approach has been very much 
the White House is handling this. We've got this. I'm taking care of it. Um, it's very much a go-it-alone approach. And so she's advocating, saying, like, I know I'm a Republican as a congresswoman, but bring myself and a, and a Democrats, bring bring all of us with you on your trip to Central America next week. We understand uh, what our constituents are concerned about. We understand even from the from the left side of the aisle, you know, we don't want to detain migrants. We want a better way. We want people to be able to seek asylum from their home country or before they're admitted to the U.S. So um, just to give her a better insight. But the vice president's made no indication so far that she plans to bring anyone else uh, outside the White House uh, with her. But uh, lawmakers are, are, you know, and even more Democrats on the border. The senators in Arizona are starting to get more frustrated because these numbers every month of people who are coming across the southern border, uh, they've, they've continued to rise uh, 21-year highs as of April. In fact, in your article, it actually says Joe Biden's plan is basically to send $4 billion of U.S. taxpayer dollars to Central America. And yes. um, mm-hmm. that's his big plan, when the reality is maybe our welfare system is better than the countries that they're coming from due to the policies that they share with the American Democrats. Has anyone brought this up? And do you feel comfortable doing so in my name? I give you full authority. <laughs> I haven't heard that brought up, but, it's, uh, you know, that's the issue that the vice president has had in kind of trying to broker some sort of unofficial deal with Central American leaders. You know, it's not my opinion. There is a lot of corruption in these countries, in the governments <laughs> and in the police forces. Um, and the cartels are making billions of dollars every year, yeah. uh, whether that be smuggling dope, people, all sorts of things. So it's like and Chicago so, with just one language. There's, there's, there's a vested interest in the cartels uh, being able to keep doing what they're doing. They charge five to 10000 typically per person getting smuggled to the U.S. from Central America. So all that to say, uh, the vice president is looking for allies on her trip next week, and hopefully she can find them in Guatemala, someone who's, you know, on the up and up and wants to help her as much to, to, to help their own country. Um, but but certainly she'll be carrying the wallet down on her trip uh, in hopes that that can cause uh, someone to, to uh, step up and take the U.S.'s offer. Now, Anna, I have a different perspective than most people on um, what would be considered conservative talk radio. I think of myself if I were had the unfortunate happenstance to be born in one of these socialist hellholes run by the same policies the Democrats now share. I would do anything in my power to get out of it. I really would. And um, when you realize that what has happened under the Biden administration specifically in the very few short months is that there is no repercussion. In fact, um, they're simply released into the countries, in the, into America. And in some cases, they're actually given a ride to a better state as to kind of cook the books. Um, your 61,000 migrants that you have released on this article, it's actually a, 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 it could be a very small number, could it not? Yeah, it could. So the way when people normally come across the southern border, uh, if it's an adult, right, they're going to be likely, it, it's a criminal offense. It's not a civil offense. Um, and so they're going to be uh, referred for prosecution, typically. What, ha- what happened under Trump with the zero-tolerance policy that the administration said, you know, normally when a, let's say I come across with my five-year-old daughter, um, they're not going to prosec- refer me for prosecution because it's, they can't detain me in jail with my child. And it's, so 
what they did was say, we're going to start referring you. And so we have to have a way to hold the child separately since we can't hold the child in jail. Now, uh, the issue is you're having so many families come across again. We're going back into those record high 2019 levels. And so we have, when someone gets encountered on the border, family, Border Patrol physically takes custody of them. They walk them back to the car, take them to their station, they book them, they, you know, give them food, this, that, talk to them. That family is then supposed to be transferred to ICE. So people always think ICE is on the border, but I think I for interior. ICE is in the interior of the country. Border Patrol is at the border. ICE is then supposed to detain that person, put them through immigration proceedings, so to go before a judge and make any case against why they should not be removed for illegally crossing. That's when they can seek asylum. Because of a court ruling in 2015, families cannot be held by ICE more than 20 days. And so... You can't get before a judge in that 20 days. And so instead of putting people in ICE custody, kind of for no reason, uh, Border Patrol is just letting people out its back door. Normally, what's always happened, this is why it's different this time. Normally, Border Patrol says, listen, we can't put you in ICE custody, so we're going to let you into the U.S. Here's a document that says you need to appear before an immigration judge at a certain date and time, you will, you know, you're expected to appear in court. We can come looking for you if you don't. What's happened now is it takes too many, too much time to write up that paper and figure out what court, uh, when is she going to see this person, et cetera. So they're telling this person, listen, when you get to Pennsylvania where your aunt lives, you need to report to the ICE station, ICE facility in Philadelphia and tell them, here's where I'm at, just so you know. And now you give me a notice to appear in court. And so all of that, it, there's no the concern about Republicans and even Democrats like Henry Quayler in uh, Texas is there's no accountability. Mm-hmm. Uh, ICE already was very short staffed. ICE was not going after anybody who didn't uh, show up in court. They didn't have the, the means to even under Trump. And so now there's, uh, you know, essentially releasing people truly into the country who there's no accountability that they will show up. And and really, it's hurting people who don't want to live, I think, in the shadows or always be looking over their back hoping. Uh, The devastation really can't be quantified. You know, at this this level, it can't be quantified. And ICE can't track everybody. That's the other thing. They don't have a system. This is the government. They don't have a system between agencies to track. Okay, Border Patrol release them, but, but ICE has to follow up with them. But we don't have a way to track them. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's really a nightmare. Yeah. And so Congress is working on improving some of those things by getting them uh, technologies they need. But, um, yeah, no, people released are not also not being – they used to be outfitted with ankle monitors. Mm-hmm. So that's not happening anymore. Um, but really the immigration detention system is, is really starting to uh, just come down. And it's and- just – well, Anna, listen, I appreciate your work. As you can tell, I, I really enjoy it. I read it. Washington Examiner, Anna Giratelli. I want to thank you so much for joining me. And I'm going to ask you to come back and update us because um, sure. I kind of I have an idea where it's going. But I really do. When I pr- make these predictions, I want to be wrong. And the other thing is, if you ever feel the need to give one of your colleagues from CNN the finger, you can always tell them it's from me and cover yourself. I want to save your reputation, okay? 
Okay. Thank you so much, Anna Giratelli from Washington Examiner. I was only kidding. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show. See, when I do these uh, stories, I do them from a different perspective. People think, take that whole thing, that whole stance of, you know, this country's got enough people in it. There are, I, I think that's totally wrong. You want to fix immigration, fix welfare. It's real simple. The best part about this country are that we're all from different places. I have no problem with that at all. The difference in, in the time was that when we got here, when our families got here, they were not lured by a political party to trade their allegiance to that party for sustenance of life. It's that simple. I welcome all people here. This country is only 6% developed. I hear a lot of stupid arguments out there by conservatives. So we don't have enough room. And yet 6% America is developed. 6%. Could take everybody from the world and put them in Texas and have the density of Manhattan. Did you know that? So these arguments are moronic, not to mention the immigrants that come here in some cases make the best citizens. Never forget that. They're fleeing the ideas the Democrats are now ruling this country with. So I don't look at things in in blanket uh, uh, statements because I understand long ago there are no blanket solutions for individual problems. That's, that's the lie of the Marxist. I don't tell it. And I don't predict that everybody that comes over has the agenda of the Marxist. What I will say is they are definitely lured into that agenda, into that lifestyle. How could you not be? You just had I just had the girl on. Hundreds of millions of dollars to put people up in hotels, clearly given by the Democrat Party. So what is what is the immigrant to do who comes here with absolutely nothing and uh, now is living at the Hyatt? Of course, you're going to have allegiance to the Democrat Party. I understand that. But if we want to fix things, you want to make the country better. It's very simple. Fix that system. And I'm all for giving people opportunity. I'm all for helping people. It should be private charity. Not government loyalty, because that's what they're trying to do. This is a Democrat ploy. It has been forever. Harry in, what is this, Las Cruz, New Mexico. Hi, Harry. Las, Las Cruces, yes. I used to be an author in the woods, but oh. I left there. All right, wonderful. For, All right. Listen, you're my first call from New Mexico. This is a first for me. I feel like I'm on prom. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, listen, um, What's the history of the immigrant not being turned around and sent back in their own country and then saying, okay, we'll, be here. we'll give you an appointment for a court date then, but you have to stay in your own country? It's what, what happened when today. a lot of families came over from foreign. They, they, they were in detention centers, believe it or not, until they passed certain medical uh, uh, checks and until they had, in some cases, somebody had to sponsor them and guarantee they would not be a drain on society. To the economy, yeah. Yeah. So that's what it used to be. And you're asking why it's not like that anymore. And the reality is political party, one specifically, understood that if it gave free things, it would have loyalty for generations. And that's why union members vote the same way. And that's why immigrants and that's why um, ghettos like Chicago will never have a republic in it. Thank you so much for the call. First one from New Mexico. I truly appreciate that. I do have to go to break because I went long with Anna, but I found it to be very interesting. And we're going to discuss the topics when I get back with you this whole next half hour. So, Tony, Joe, Michael, stay on the line. We'll get to you after this. 312-642-5600. Two lines open. I told you to pump that into the weight room one after the show. You burned it on the show. Damn it. All right, listen, um... I recognize that I have a immigrant past, and I am also recognize that when I go to the events for AM560, vast majority of callers into the show are immigrants who love this country. 
I believe in the lure of liberty, and I think it will win. I have also witnessed the lure of dependency, and I'm well aware that what is happening at the southern border and with the immigration situation in this country in general is the plan of the Marxist mafia. And I understand that's what they're shooting for. So this is not failure as defined by the goal of the Marxist mafia in charge of the country right now. This is their version of success. There are, however, real ramifications because they are ignorant in their world, in their phony, altruistic utopia of the Marxist mafia. They think that all need happen is people get here and it'll be wonderful. They could give a rip about the children who are sold into sex industry, who are beaten who are used by the coyotes, who are tortured by the cartels. They don't care about that. They really don't. They're just useful idiots to them, as most of their other recipients of, of, of their dependency of the government cheese are to them. They could care less, which is why it's the common thread in all of these stories. Mayhem in the ghettos that they build, whether they be New York, New Jersey, Chicago, or L.A. It's not the people. It's why they go nameless in the reports of their failures. But... The reality is, if they get here, to a certain extent, there's a push to have them vote. There's a push to have them swear allegiance to a party that has created a climate where you almost need to be dependent on them, as even many Republicans are now dependent on the government. That's what I am afraid of. So we are not arguing the macro picture of the ideology of liberty versus Marxism. The reality is they come from places that are run and failed of the same ideas that the Biden administration exhibits, but it's still better here. So they are going to be more apt to support that party agenda. All right, let's go to the lines. Tony in Downers Grove. Hey, Sean. Hey, so so Biden and, and Anna, you know, she falls for this. So the Biden administration is going to focus on the root of the problem. And I hear this and I'm thinking, let's see, poverty uh, corruption and drugs, mm-hmm. huh? Huh? And and crime. Hmm. Well, where have I where have I heard that before? Chicago. Oh, right here. Yeah. So we can't even address it here, and we're going to go solve the solution there. And listen no. to how listen to the, how stupid their conclusion is. Their conclusion is maybe maybe we should take charge of sending American taxpayer dollars to these what you already admit are corrupt bastions of Marxism. So they're, they're going to pay off their, their Marxists. Why? Because they share the same ideology or the fact that they just want them to implement violence and terror upon their own citizens so they're too afraid to try and leave. So they want to turn that country. Which, which is their, their definition? Has anybody articulated why you would have a plan that spends $4 billion American dollars? And by the way, this country's broke or it wouldn't have the debt it has. Set $4 billion American dollars to a foreign land. Can anybody answer that? Do you know, Tony? No, I, I don't. Right. And I just think we're, we're, we're just a silly society. Chuck, can I ask you another question? It's, a little, it's off topic. Yeah, as long as the question. squad car isn't for you and I'm part of uh, uh, aiding and abetting a criminal. An go ahead. No, it's an ambulance. Right, no, um, off topic, but, and other cities have done this, but since when, Lois and Lori Lightfoot's going to cap what delivery services could charge, third-party services could charge. Yeah, I know. Wow. Uh-huh. I, that's, not, that, that's not frightening to anyone. No. They, they need to wake up. 
Well, here, you know, Tony, we see what it looks like in these ghettos, how they are, they are food deserts, right? We see what happens when they try to price protect for the citizen, exactly what happens in every instance. She is fully aware that what will happen will be the one standing service that is subsidized and incorrupt with the government. And that's the goal. Otherwise, if she wanted to have what's best for the people of Chicago, she would be doing the exact opposite approach and lower the taxes and lower the tollway systems and the charges and work to make it so that delivery services could actually bring products to these ghettos she created. Don't you think? Yep. And instead, though, instead, government's going to come in and impose rules huh. on, on private businesses. Yeah. That sounds pretty socialistic but that to me. Is, That's exactly know. what it is, and that's what they're comfortable with, because you have a bunch of people who never ran anything, never did anything in society, making rules to destroy it. I appreciate the call, Tony. I really do. we got other callers. Let's go to Ron and the western suburbs. Hi, Ron. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Very good. Listen, I'm, 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 I'm an avid listener, and, and, you know, I appreciate that. I agree with it. Yeah, I agree with a lot of your opinions. I happen to be an oddity. All right. I am a black American Marine Corps vet. Uh-huh. Oh, I forgot. I forgot disabled, too. All right. Here's what I got a problem with. I grew up Marine- in a house. I, well, I, you know, my, my parents were divorced, but my dad's dearest friend fit your description. So if you're him, I want to tell you something. Okay. You don't put mustard on French fries, do you? No, sir. Because my no. dad's friend, I will always remember that for as long as I live, put mustard on French fries. And by the way, it was actually delicious. But go ahead. I took you off talk. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Listen, here's the problem. I took three oaths of office when I enlisted into the Marine Corps. There was a purpose for the three oaths that you take. Yeah. All three oaths contain the same thing, to serve God and country. But there's an oddity about that when they, when they say this is a democratic society. I disagree. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what happens to a lot of taxpayers' funding. They am taxpayers. This guy by the name of Biden, he, he, he has put $2 billion into the legal activity of breaking our immigration law. All right? Mm-hmm. These people have been being rewarded. Just because you decide to take a long vacation and come here illegally, and then you won't, even once here, you don't adjust or assimilate to our laws ever. And that's the problem. Right there, that's, the, that's problem. the problem. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, me personally, I, I know that me taking them three O's, I never signed up for this. All no. right? I don't care. I don't care. I, I got out in 1986, and excuse me, I got fed up with certain things I've seen this government do. Yeah. In the Quantico, Virginia, and the Weapons Day. Quantico, well, our government allowed Saudi Arabia to come to this country to train on a, a military base, and they said they did not want any black people, I fall in that category, training them. 
Yeah, Saudi Arabia. Right. Well, there, there. That's the one government that our that our country, our government. It's the one country our government allows to practice in slavery, racism, and open sexism. And they are mainly supported by the Democrat Party, who cannot wait to cook those deals, those under the table deals, in the same fashion that they do with the Iranians. So, Ron, you and I not only do we agree on more than uh, than you think we do. I am looking forward. Unfortunately, Ron, I went long with you. I am looking forward to your next call, and I want to thank you for listening and by the way those were all excellent points and we'll discuss them when I get back I'm going to tell you I was thinking about Ron's call through the break Memorial Day is a big holiday right it's more than a three day weekend it's a day where we pay respect to the people who sacrificed the ultimate sacrifice because they took that same oath that Ron was talking about. They take the same oath that the politicians take and then work to undermine the principles of Americanism. And um, when you take that oath, you have a certain patriotism, a certain agreement and understanding of exactly what the country is, that it's an idea. And you become disenfranchised when you look and you realize that the government itself that is supposed to be a republic, we're not a democracy, we're supposed to be a republic, which guarantees that what we're going through cannot happen that we cannot be undermined by, by politicians who are little demigods who work to strip away the principles that this country was founded on, the idea of unalienable rights of the individual. The true minority in the country is the individual. And you realize in this country under a, a, a collectivist society, under a Marxist regime, you don't stand a chance. The individual doesn't stand a chance, and the system has been bastardized. And then you realize that the the group that is supposed to protect that, the military, and I don't mean the soldiers, I mean the hierarchy, has cut deals with these these third world despotic hellholes like Saudi Arabia, like Iran, like Yemen. They pick and choose their favorite Afghanistan, whatever it is, where they have no rules like that. Their people are are, are captive. They're held hostage, or the country is so corrupt, it is nothing more than a vestibule of cartels like Mexico, like El Salvador, like so many of these other hellholes. And you want to do the right thing, you want to be gracious, and you want the people who are fleeing that kind of terror and tyranny to have safe passage. But that is only the talking point. What happens when they come here? What happens to the system that lures them here with welfare if they swear allegiance to a political party? Is that you get a society that eats itself, that crumbles, that can't navigate those waters because, after all, could you blame the people who swear allegiance to a political party who are given a home, who are given food, who are given pretend health care and education for their kids? No, you can't. So you realize you become disenfranchised, like what Ron said. You're just disgusted with the whole system because the system has been bastardized, has been corrupted by the very politician who swore that same oath yet passes bill after bill and works tirelessly to undermine the very fabric of a society where the citizens were never to be ruled, never to be linked to debt that they didn't agree to. And you've used this economic sabotage. You've used your position to not only buffer your crackhead son like Hunter, but those companies and corporations and entities that pay you. And you realize as we approach this Memorial Day, are we even a shadow of the America that we were? Do we even have a principle of integrity? 
when a government can identify its enemy as a political party in the same country and use all of its bureaucracies to go after an ex-president for tax evasion as it allows the tax evasion it loves of the Bidens, of the Pritzkers, of the yada, 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 the Clintons and the Obamas and whatever. That has this country become nothing but a a weapon of the Marxist, of the collectivist, that guarantees that the government itself will be above the people and strongest because one thing's for sure, it will never, ever have to answer to the people. Not for anything. And those oligarchs that make up the government are beyond reproach. So when I have a Marine who signed up and would have died had they sent him, who would have done anything they said because he swore allegiance to the principle of America, call up and tell me he's disenfranchised three days before Memorial Day. That, that, that irritates the hell out of me. And it should you. And it's very simple who's to blame. It's the Marxist and those that support the ideas that have destroyed the country. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, 5 to 7. Believe in shooting stars, but she believe in shoes.